The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSA Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSA Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. I will say this, bacon aside, this is the best damn sandwich I've ever had. We've definitely opened with this. Have I? Okay. Well, I, I did. No, you know what? That's okay. I, I, I did it again <laughs> just because we're doing a like sportsmanship sandwich. Ah. And, and, you know. <laughs> Listen, when, I, I will comb through all the previous episodes. No, I won't. <laughs> I didn't think so. Come on. <laughs> to see if we've opened. I'm pretty sure we've opened with that I think we have, line. too. I mean, here's the other thing, too. It's like all of my sandwich references mm-hmm. from the, like, or I shouldn't say that. I would say like 90 to 95% of my sandwich references all come from Adult Swim anyway. You know? That's so, fine. You know, so if, if it's I not, never said there was anything wrong with right. your reference. Not okay? anything wrong with that. I yeah. I love Aqua Teen, so yeah. feel free to use yeah. that. I could have gone with Brack. Brack has so many mm. sandwich references. You know, um, yep. you know they have the scat sandwich, mm-hmm. you know, the bologna sandwich. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these different things. So I mean, I went with that one just because I know you and I laugh about the brood witch all the time. I love it. And, yeah. Um, and that episode was even on, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and I watched it. And, you know, okay. You know. You read that in Vogue? <laughs> yeah. It was at the dentist's office. No, it comes to the house. <laughs> you big lady. I sounded a little more like Jerry Lewis there when I did that. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Hey, speaking of Jerry Lewis, it's how you play the game, because that segue means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> The official podcast of the Osip Foundation. Yours truly, Jack, for along with you as we talk about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of November. The year is 2021. As always, check us out on the interwebs at osipfoundation.org. Uh, email the show, podcast at osipfoundation.org. Facebook.com slash Foundation, Twitter and Instagram at Foundation. Hashtag how you play the game. Also now available on YouTube and the producer engineer on the screen across from me, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, hello. How are you? Boink. The hell? Greg's, oh. call- Greg's oh, calling me. Greg's calling you? Okay, so yeah. you're going to hang up on him? N- n- well, no, but... Uh, you're just uh, not going to take the call. But he says hi. Okay, that's Even fine. though I didn't answer. That's fair. Greg Greg is a friend of ours and a, and a friend of the group. And yes. Uh, he's, a, yes. He's, a, he's, he's the best clarinet player I know and, and the biggest Phillies fan I know. I, what I find ironic is that he reminds me a little of uh, John Candy from Home Alone, you know, as a uh-huh. clarinet player. You know? Oh, yes. Greg is a is a beast of a dude, okay? Yeah. And he plays a tiny B-flat licorice stick, okay? <laughs> is it, He's amazing. He's a great clarinetist. Yeah. He is just fantastic. And, uh, and, uh, and like I said, quite the Phillies fan. And and he will beat you with that clarinet if he has to. Okay. <laughs> no, he, he loves. I think he loves it too much. He doesn't well, want to hurt anyone. All right. Well, in that case, the next doesn't time want to I hurt see, the clarinet. <laughs> the next time I see Greg, I'm going to say to him, "Listen, dude. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to insult the hell out of you <laughs> to see how far it take it's going to take you <laughs> before you need to beat me with your clarinet." He just got a new one too. I know, I know. So that's why that's mm-hmm. why I feel like this is this is more about science, right? Than uh, anything so it's else. A, so it's a so it's a litmus test. Exactly. This has right. nothing to do with liking uh, or disliking Greg. It has <laughs> everything to do with with do, in, in the name of science, figuring mm-hmm. out what's going on here. So yeah. you're welcome, America. <laughs> you know. Um, Anyway, moving on from Greg, uh, we got it. We got an okay one for you today. We're phoning it in; it's fine. But yeah, yeah we well, could, literally, literally, cause yeah, because we're, we're on Zoom line. today. Yeah, right. Um, there's uh, there there were three stories that uh, I saw uh, this past week, and 
it was funny because one was good, one was bad, one was good. And I saw that kind of like the compliment sandwich that people use and whatnot. Which I, I think use is, it all the time. Yeah, it's like, okay, really? Just just tell me what's wrong with me because, you know, as as someone who has background as um, being both Italian and uh, Catholic, we uh, get a lot of guilt all the time. So we're not even hearing the good stuff. It's all just what's wrong with me and blah, 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 blah. And our therapy bill goes up as a result of that. Right. Um, but that's okay. So let's just jump into it. Um, the first one came uh, on the, uh, the, the tip-off night of uh, college basketball this season. Uh, I, was, I was at the bar and I saw the, uh, the game between uh, Duke and Kentucky uh, from Madison Square Garden. And, um, you know, the, it, it, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that Duke and Kentucky are powerhouses in uh, the world of college basketball, okay? Long history of, of excellence and, and rivalry and, uh, you know, just you, you, you turn on the TV, you turn on the internet, and if you do anything with college basketball, that's what's coming up, okay? Right. I mean, that, you got a good chance of it, okay? Um, these, these colleges farm players for the NBA. It's, it's, it's just is what it is. Okay. Right. So, yeah, sure. So I'm watching the game and uh, there was a player on each team that after a foul started kind of getting into it with each other. It's uh, Wendell Moore and severe Wheeler. And at on, one point, on both opposing teams, oh, yeah, opposing teams. So okay. they're, they're, they're mouthing off at each other and one throws the basketball at the other and it gets mm -hmm. to, you know, draws a foul and all these different things and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I saw, you know, and, you know, you're at the bar, the sound's not on. So you're just kind of looking at it and you catch just the corner of your eye and like, oh, geez, here we go. What else is new? Mm -hmm. All right. right. So, you know, you look away for a minute as they, you know, they sort it out on TV. And then I look back and the two of them are shaking hands. And, and, and I kind of, I looked up and I thought to myself, these two guys, okay. Yeah. You know, in, in, in a heated moment. Mm-hmm were obviously you know ticked off and cooler heads prevailed and whether it was due to the coaches telling them to make up or whatever mm -hmm. happened it was it there was a moment there where they said you know what we we can put this behind us and we can move on hmm. and and it wasn't you know we, we we don't know you know if you know they they kissed and made up and then you know we're we're best buds after that well, you know, not during covid no that's just wrong okay um what was the call in question i you know i didn't see it and as i'm looking for it everywhere on online you know th th this might be more of an indictment on the media and on on our society but there's what what were the what were the two teams the two teams were duke and kentucky and the fact of the matter is that there's there's nothing about that there's everything about the game okay like 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 there's everything about what happened in the game and the two teams and you know mike krzyzewski's final year and this was that, that the other. one was that the one on the ninth yeah and but there's there's not a lot on what happened as to why the two of them got into it and anything that happened as a result mm. of it. So we, we don't have a lot of background information on exactly what happened, um, but that's okay. Because I think the point that I wanted to make here is that, you know, we, we, we talk about this somewhat as well when we when we kind of go over our stances on these things and sportsmanship sometimes isn't always about uh our initial reactions sometimes it's more about the subsequent reactions right. you know we when when we compete whether athletically or not there there is a drive in us that takes over and we we just happen to be a certain way things things sometimes naturally happen instantaneously we don't really have control over that sometimes um the 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 issue with sportsmanship where we do have control is then how do we react from there you know it's it, you you're you're allowed to feel anger and frustration and all of these natural emotions 
it's then how do you how do you respond to that and you know in 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 this scenario you have a situation where the two of them are clearly hot Mm -hmm. and yes did they take it too far yeah because because the foul was called um but shortly thereafter they were like you know what let's let's put it beside us and and whatnot and and it didn't have to you didn't have to ruminate for a day and whatnot it was literally right there a couple seconds later you know and and perhaps the coaches got involved to kind of help cooler heads prevail and all this stuff and whatnot but i just i wanted to point that out because of of what i just said is that you know sometimes we 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 think that we have to alter our ourselves to to stop bad sportsmanship in the moment and i think it's more important for us to realize that yes yeah, sometimes we we don't have that ability and it is it is the the secondary reactions where we have more control and that can be just as if not more important than than our initial reactions because our our initial human responses uh, aren't always, uh, you know, things that we can control or that, that, you know, things that we can change sometimes, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, things just happen, you know, that's the best way I can put it. Right. Um, so I want, I wanted to highlight that, you know, because, mm-hmm. because I thought that that was important. That's a good, that's a good story. You know, I, I think, um, I'm trying to think back to other situations that, I mean, it, we talk about this all the time is that it's just the chain reaction of events that you know sets off once something like this happens um is you know it goes back to the the fifth party in our group of sportsmanship the media Mm -hmm. and how things can get really overblown really quick and in this case, I think the media actually did a great job in not talking about it. That's fair. That is a not, fair, yeah. You know, it, I mean, the fact that we're having, the fact that we're having trouble, I was just trying to find it myself just now. I couldn't find anything on the, on the foul or the, or the basketball throwing in the shaking hands. Couldn't right. find anything on it. And that's, that's almost a good thing. Yeah, because no, you, you make a great point. Because one of our, you know, one of our overarching goals in OSIP is for us not to exist. Because, you know, at that point, it would have said, would have, it would have given us the, the, if we don't need to exist, or if we don't need to do as much, then that means what we have done is bearing some fruit. And, you know, I feel like this is actually a little bit of a small victory. Because, can, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that we're just, you know, that they're just focusing on the win. They're just focusing on the, or the, or the, what the box score. Yeah. That's all I'm seeing is the box score and the plays that were made. Yeah. The post game analysis and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything about any tension or, or riling up feathers or anything like that. Yeah. So it's refreshing actually. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. And to, to kind of piggyback off of one thing that you said, you know, you were thinking about other times when something like this can occur. And I, it popped into my mind, you know, when I umpire, um, you know, you make a call, it could be a bang, bang play, whatever, it doesn't matter. And one team's obviously upset, you know, and uh, they're going to naturally have those reactions. You know, you make a call and you're going to hear groans, you know, like, ah, you know, something like that and whatnot. And then you kind of give it like the five seconds to breathe and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then usually the normal people just let it go. Right. You know, they can, they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll feel some anger and some frustration and disappointment and, and, and everything. And that's fine because it's, it's that, that's a natural thing. That's just, you know, it's, it's, it's akin to you're watching a horror movie and something scary happens and startles you and you freak out, you know, and you scream or something like that. That's a natural reaction. It's what you do after that. You know, so okay. so in the baseball example, you can you can react to the call, but then you have a choice. Do you do you sit down and keep quiet? And you can keep being angry and whatnot, but you just you just keep quiet and you know what I mean, whatever you curse under your breath, this, that, the other, or do you start 
psychologically turning it around and blaming the umpire that it's his or her fault that the right. call was made you know right. and and so that's and that that's, can be a that can be a heat of the moment thing right and then like but 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 right again give it time to cool right. down That's exactly nice. exactly that almost becomes still going after the umpire after if you have time to think then the problem is more with the person complaining than that, it is with yeah in that situation else. it becomes a tertiary thing it's not even a secondary <laughs> thing because the initial reaction mm -hmm. is the disappointment over the call and then the secondary reaction is you know the the outward disgust towards the umpire and then the tertiary reaction is when cooler heads prevail which right. is again very very similar you just added another layer and that's kind of what happened here you had mm. the initial call you had the jawing back and forth then they had to make up mm -hmm. you know um so so again all very related context plays a role um and and you know so so there's 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 the two points that i think you and i are making here are number one the fact that it's not being reported is a good thing as you said Mm -hmm. And number two is that we look at this and say it's not so much about our initial reactions as it is the subsequent reactions, because we sometimes have more control over that. And that's where good sportsmanship can really play a role. Right. So so I thought that was interesting. So that was a good sign or a, a good inst uh, instance. Uh, for, moving to the bad instance. Uh, let me just pull this up here. So out in California uh earlier this month uh in the los angeles area there was a situation where uh two high schools played each other and one high school knew that they were going to get beat and it was going to be an ugly game and blah 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 you know one school was clearly better than the other okay what they didn't expect what what sport was this or? this is football football okay okay what they didn't expect is that the final score would be 106 to nothing. So that's that's a pretty big score. Most most professional football games that's never get into the triple digits, okay? Oh my gosh. Um both schools are in the Inglewood Unified School District. Um it was a situation where uh Inglewood High School uh was the winning team over Morningside High School. And, you know, basically they said, you know, they, they came out and, you know, the principal came out and apologized. There was an investigation, blah, 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 blah. Still, things are still going on right now. Um, the the Inglewood uh, High School quarterback is uh, bound for UCLA. He threw for 13 touchdowns in the game. They scored 56 points in the first quarter, and in the, by halftime, they were up 83 to nothing. They said that the most controversial play happened when, uh, towards the end of the game, the Inglewood High School head coach had just scored a touchdown, making it 104 to nothing, and he decided to go for two instead of just kicking the one extra point. And <laughs> um, it says here that by doing that, they tied a record for the highest scoring high school football game in the last five years. Um, so I don't know if they knew that at the time. To me, highest scoring high school football game in the last five years is not really uh a very you know, inauspicious that's not an auspicious i don't put that up there on the mantle right i don't saying yeah, that's not there's one of my accomplishments right. you know um i mean even if that were like even if i mean statistics are almost never on the minds of coaches and players during 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 the state of a competition so unless it's that... very significant you know Derek right. jeter waiting to get his three thousandth hit you know, that's that's a different story. OK, you yeah. know, there are times, you know, we look at so which can be detrimental. Exactly. Because we've seen this. We saw it with Alex Rodriguez when he was trying to hit his 500th or 600th home run, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. they 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 get to a point where they think they have to just get this monkey off their back and then they can mm -hmm. get on with their real lives. Mm -hmm. And they 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 start pressing because, like, I just want to get this over with. Right. You know, um, but, uh, you know, they, it was it was a it was a bad look. Um, it got to a point where, uh, 
the uh, legendary sports announcer and college basketball analyst uh, Dick Vitale uh, said that it was sickening and a disgrace. Uh, this guy, this coach should be fired. Um, because of, because to go for two, because well, well, not only not that, not was, that was just kind of like the nail in the coffin, but for running up the score as much as they, as they did, you know, there's, you know, when you get to a certain point, um, mm -hmm. you, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't keep going, you know? So then why didn't the other team just concede in their defense? Well, I think because the, the losing team, uh, said there there was something to the point that they were not quitting and their coach brian collins who was a first-time head coach you know he was interviewed about this and you know they were obviously he was obviously saying that it was a classless move by the other team blah 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 blah. but then he he made it a good point to say he was proud of his players for not quitting um you know they fought you know they fought to the end they didn't quit you know and right. and, and so so that in itself was a good thing you know um, yeah, yeah. I I can't. I you know if if the other team had conceded at a certain point and refused to take the field over that, although although in hindsight we would look back at this and say maybe there was something that had to be done about it. There's also a part an argument that could be made where that in itself could be considered poor sportsmanship let me tell let me let me because let me play devil's advocate go here. ahead so let's say i there's this there's this lion outside my window right let's and what, what's a, what what's the lion's name because that's important to me stan stan okay stan the lion okay okay he's sitting by the rocks outside my my yard do the rocks have names Jordan, Frank, and Joe. Okay. <laughs> Wait, let me write this down. <laughs> Stan is standing near Joe. <laughs> and are just laying near Joe and he's resting. But I don't want that lion there, right? So I go outside and I don't have anything on me. I don't have a tranquilizer dart. I don't have any protective clothing. I'm just in my pajamas, right? And I go outside and I'm gonna get into this, uh, into a fight with this lion. Named Stan. Right. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I ain't gonna win this fight, okay. okay? If the lion decides to, the only way I'm gonna win is if the lion decides to move on his own volition, right? So he, if we, if I'm gonna get torn to shreds, right right so oftentimes in the wild and i don't know if this works this way with a lion i could be wrong but with a bear is if you you know you at least look intimidating you can scare it away but right. oftentimes you know pretending or playing dead or backing off knowing when to leave actually works better mm -hmm. right so it's sort of like by this team choosing to still fight on i'm you know i'm not saying i'm not giving i'm not it's not an excuse for the other team to completely shellack them right but it doesn't help like it's like it's like you're you're going to continue to fight and continue to play and and that might just make the other team play even better than they already are right so like if I'm refusing to back down against this lion and I'm just still trying to punch it, that's not going to be good for me. It's, right. It's going to get worse than it already is. Is that like the uh, the Family Guy clip where was it Carol Channing was fighting Mike Tyson? Yeah. And uh, they bet on Mike Tyson, and mm -hmm. as Stewie was the bookie, and next thing you know, Carol Channing wins because Mike Tyson just gives up because she kept coming back and. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so. it's just yeah, it's one of those things where. Like it's, you know, had the other team, I mean, after 50, I would imagine, or 60 points after the first, in the first half. When it was like 83 to nothing. 83 yeah. to nothing, right? So at that point, <laughs> I'd be like, 
I think we should call this one, guys. Like, okay. let's you know, let's you know, let's save our strength for another for another day. You know, I I don't think that you're inherently wrong because I I see your point. You know, I think that there is a a logic to that where you are ultimately saying uh you're you're conceding and in doing so you are preventing further damage you're doing you're, there's a lot of good stuff that that could come from that i'm going to take the other side of that for whatever reason um on one hand you know sports are and competition are meant to be played in their entirety for the dignity of the game you know um certain sports like you know baseball and softball at the lower levels do have a mercy rule but mm-hmm. um you know you don't see that in major league baseball and you, you don't you know it's because you have to get all 27 outs and you know customers are paying for for a game and you know they like they've talked about putting in these mercy rules to speed up the game and whatnot and they're like no why would why would anybody come to a game and spend whatever on a ticket price in mm-hmm. order to see a game that ends in five innings like that. It's, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And it would, it could be, there could be a, an outrage over that at the youth level. Yes. There are certain things that go into it that try and speed those things up and avoid them like those mercy rules. Um, in, in a sport like football, the mercy rule that comes in is the clock, you know, and we look at the clock as the way that kind of to try and speed things up. Um, you know, we, we, you know, ending the game with the lead when that clock hits zero is, is strategic. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are also ways to provide, you know, there are other benefits to continuing to play such as, you know, when you, when you're getting blown out, you can put other, you know, your younger kids in the game and get them playing time. You know, there are a lot Mm -hmm. of benefits to that as well. Um, there, there's, there's just something. There's, there's that intangible about it where you have to keep playing for your own integrity and for you know the, the you know the love of the game and mm-hmm. the, the, the you know the you know, and, and you know those unwritten rules, if you will. Um, Let me ask you this. Okay. What could the what could the winning team have done to have softened the blow besides going for two? We. We listen in in sports, and we talk about this a fair amount. There is this idea of quote unquote calling off the dogs, okay? Um, and what you're doing essentially is you're you're saying we feel the victory is in hand. We know that we have won this game essentially um, out of out of out of out of gentlemen's respect for our opponent. We're going to do certain things so that the score does not get run up uh, through our own volition. Sometimes natural things happen, and that and the score does increase. But uh, you're you're not you're not pouring it on purposefully. So to give you some examples in baseball, okay, when the when the score gets out of hand and it becomes lopsided, uh, certain things happen. So for example. Uh, teams do not bunt at all. Teams do not steal. Teams do not mm-hmm. hit and run. Uh, teams do not uh, swing three and zero. Oh. Okay. Um, it, runners are not held on the base. Uh, they only go base to base on hits. Okay. And basically, what happens is, let's say, you know, let's say your team is losing fifteen to nothing in the second inning, and your the losing team is in the field you're putting the onus on the offensive team, which is leading 15 to nothing. You can't tell a batter to give up an at bat, but what you can tell uh, the offensive team is, okay, you just singled and you're on first base. We're not going to hold you on, but don't steal. Don't advance if, unless he gets a base hit. And if he does get a base hit, just go to second base. And, and that's the gentlemanly agreement that is basically mm. had there. Okay. In football, for example, because there is a clock, what happens is teams tend to try to run out the clock so that the amount of time for the losing team to come back is decreased. So they're going to do things like call running plays up the middle all the time so that, you know, if it's it's a passing play and it's incomplete, 
then the clock stops. You don't want that. You also don't want the ball to go out of bounds. So that would keep the clock or get the clock to stop. You want the clock to continue to move. Um, so there are a number of things in football that you can do to, to stop that, such as a bunch of running plays, mm-hmm. uh, taking your stars out of the game, especially in football where you have free substitution. Okay. Mm-hmm. In, in sports that don't have free substitution, like baseball and softball, maybe there's a different argument to be made, but in sports such as football, basketball, uh, hockey and whatnot, where free substitution is allowed, you ultimately say, listen, the guys who are the best are going to come out of this game and we're going to put the, you know, the B team in at this point uh, as, as, a, as again, as a part of the agreement that we're not going to embarrass the other team. Uh, so, so th- those are the things that can be done. Um, and ultimately in football, you know, listen, the score can still go up. Okay. If, if the, if the losing, losing team's defense is so bad that the offense continues to just call running plays up the middle and those runners keep going into the end zone, there's nothing that can be done about that. That score still could have been 106 to nothing. And the, and the winning team could have done everything right to not run up the score. And that still could have been the final score. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it is the action. It are the, it's the actions that the team takes playing that hard um, going for two, when you're up 104 right, to nothing, that's, right. you know, if we talk about the idea of, we can't put our finger on it, but we know it when we see it. Mm. Okay. Which we've, you know, I've used, I've used that in, you know, there's the old case about hardcore pornography in the fifties where that was first coined. We heard it in Goldfinger when it talks about gold. And I talk about it with jazz sometimes when I'm doing my dissertation discussions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the same thing here. I can't always identify it because I don't know what the exact rubric might be where the boundaries are, but I know it when I see it. And that is, is, is too far. You know, the idea, that's a that's a perfect way to describe in football. If if you're winning that big, and you keep scoring touchdowns, and it's it's maybe it's not your fault. Maybe you're doing everything right. You just have to keep scoring them. You keep you keep kicking the extra point. You don't go for two. Hmm. Okay, it's not the time to do that. Right. You know, unless unless you talk with that other head coach at a certain point and say, listen. Is it okay if we practice our two point plays? We don't. I don't normally want to do that, but okay, I want to. Okay, so that yeah. See that yeah, that's plausible. Yes, but I I doubt that communication was had. If that communication was had, we would have heard about it probably in these in these stories. Right, and we did not. And did they did they did they did the other team at least attempt to take out their star players and replace them, or did they just the, use... the losing team you're talking about or the, no, winning, the winning team? team? No, the winning team kept all the players in and just kept running up the score. Okay. So again, like, again, if you put in the, if you put in the, 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 the freshman team at that point at the varsity level, and it's still happening there, there's nothing you, we just assume there's nothing you can do about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, cause, cause people are not going to give up their offensive stats mm-hmm. in the name of that, but they will tail- give you. Uh, okay. You're, you're Rick rolling everybody now. Okay. <laughs> but you see, I, I understand I, what you're saying too. Okay. Because I, cause there, I think there is a time and a place for what you said. Yeah. Especially if like, it's, I mean, well, it's not really early in the season for high school. I mean, it's, yeah, it's late in the we're, season. We're, we're approaching the end, but yeah. I mean, you have to also if this was something like in the beginning right then i would say let's pack it in i'll give you i'll give you a great example well hold hold on before you do yeah so the reason why a couple reasons why it would work would have worked better in the beginning is because you know it could be one of those things like you know save your strength for next week right and you know see how you do because a loss this big at the beginning of the season has a tremendous psychological impact on the losing team. Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, a loss at, at any time does, but at the beginning, I think it would be more detrimental because it could it could fester. And and I think what in football in football because because I could make a counter argument in something like baseball. But continue. Right. 
So, well, I think there are fewer games, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so the point I'm making is that, you know, if they're, if a team is beating you 86 to nothing and it's the first halftime, yeah. halftime or 83 or whatever, I would be like, yeah, guys, let's, let's save our strength for another game. Mm -hmm. Let, let's just, let's call it. Live to fight another day. Right. And just like, you know, build. I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's what's worse, right? It's a question of what's worse. Do we, do we give up? I mean, is it a question of giving up or saving your strength? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think, but now this late in the season, it becomes a little bit trickier because I just feel like the onus is more on the winning team to, to like your argument makes sense too, like to back off a little bit, but I don't know. Like how many more games are there to play? Like, not a lot. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's a tough call. I, I think, I think, I think the case could be made whether the, whether the losing team coach decides to say, Hey guys, let's pack it in. This is, I mean, this is, you know, we, we, there's not a lot that can be, yeah. It's like one of those things you can tell by, yeah, I can't put my finger on it, but I know yep. it when I see it. Yeah. You could say that, but I don't know. I think it could, you could make the argument for both. Now, I couldn't, think, couldn't you make the argument that says that the, in like in an early season game, like you're suggesting, mm -hmm. you know, a losing team coach wants to pack it in. If his idea is to save his strength for another day, mm -hmm. is it not possible that he could put in his reserves at that point? Because the reserves obviously don't hold the same for the winning team or the losing for team? the losing team you know okay. because because you see that in, in other sports all the in time baseball yeah, yeah yeah you know if you're if you're losing a game 15 nothing you're not bringing in your closer to get some work you're bringing in the guy who you just brought up just getting some some experience right or you're putting a position player in you know yeah could it could it could it be said that in that situation what you're going to end up doing is you're going to say okay I'll put my freshman quarterback in and just say, listen, it's your time. Go ahead. Because I don't want to risk injury to my star senior quarterback right. because I need him for the remainder of the season to win games. Right. You know, it, go, to, to kind of go along your. Yeah, that's true you know, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in a scholastic environment, you know, where, where you, you're going to have kids who want experience. Right. I think the point is that, there could have been a million other ways to handle this. Yes. And the worst possible outcome worst, occurred. Yeah. The worst possible yeah. outcome transpired and, yeah. and it could have been avoided in so many different ways. All the ways we're talking about are optimal compared to Dude, what, what actually happened. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think, yeah, whether it's putting in your B team, whether it's saying, Hey guys, let's pack it in, save our strength, whether it's the opposing team putting in their B team yeah. and, you know, just doing the running plays and, and just, just keeping their heads down three alternative. They're all great, yeah. <laughs> but it's just like the worst possible outcome occurred. Yeah. So. I was going to, the other example I was going to give you was like when I play um, magic, the gathering online, mm -hmm. every time I play a game, there's an option to concede. Mm -hmm. and sometimes you take that when you know you're losing and it's mm -hmm. just, it's not working rather than go through the uh, you know, the machinations of trying, 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 and then being defeated. You know, sometimes you just know, all right, it's not my game right. and you concede. That's a great example of where something like that really plays a role, you know, cause it, it kind of fits into the idea of I'm not going to keep, you know, poking stand the lion. You know, even if he's laying down by Joe the Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and his buddy Jordan. Right. So. And Frank. And Frank. Right. Yeah, Can't forget, forget Frank. Frank. No, Frank Frank has been upset this whole time. Um, mm. So the third story, to kind of wrap this up, also, this comes from college football. Um, this was a, a, a game between uh, Mississippi State and uh, University of Arkansas. Okay. Okay. And uh, Mississippi State kicker uh, missed a field goal that would have tied the game and sent it to overtime. Okay. Now the kicker for Arkansas, Cam Little, who's actually from um, an area closer to 
the the opposing team uh you know in in the in the uh in the Oklahoma area I think mm-hmm. um wait I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm getting my geography mixed up it's the Oklahoma's uh, Oklahoma that uh, that reported on this story so I'm I'm all over the place but anyway the point that I'm making is that Cam Little went up to the kicker who just missed the the field goal to tie the game and send it to overtime mm-hmm. and consoled him and said, hey, keep your head up. You know, this doesn't define you. Mm. Define you, okay? And, and um, you know, the, the, you know, there was an athletic director who said, this is a good move, this, that, the other, blah, 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 blah. Nobody was watching would have done the same thing. Um, and what it, what it kind of also speaks to is the fact that kickers in football kind of belong to their own fraternity. Mm. And even though they're on opposing teams wearing you know different jerseys they they support each other because they know what it's like to be in that situation it's very unique when you are the guy with the spotlight on you whose job it is to send an an egg-shaped ball end over end x number of yards between these uprights Mm -hmm. you know and how that can be the difference between winning and losing right um so, so, you know, you say, you know, these guys say to each other, you know, don't let it define you. You've made that kick plenty of times because they want to support each other. Right. And, and I think that's an important thing to remember because we talk about that a little bit as well, where we say, you know, these, these informal fraternities play a role in sportsmanship. We see it with, with baseball umpires and catchers, you know, they're not necessarily on the same team, but they look out for each other. Catchers look out for other catchers, you know, if a, if a catcher's up to bat, and he fouls a pitch off of the opposing catcher, you know, the guy up to bat even takes a, a stroll just to give the catcher a couple extra seconds. Cause he knows yeah. what that's like. Right. You know? Um, so, so it's important to note that, mm-hmm. that there are, there are, you know, it, it's not about the competitive advantage of psyching out the other kicker to say, you know, Hey, Thanks for missing that shot because now we win and you lose, et cetera. You know, right. they're they're because he's treating he's treating the other guy as he would wish to be treated. Yep. That's you the know golden rule. The golden rule. It's back. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it's it's important to highlight that because just because you're wearing one jersey that doesn't match another jersey doesn't mean you're not on the same team. That's like the Jerry Seinfeld joke at the beginning of one of his episodes, I'm rewatching Seinfeld on Netflix. Is it about rooting for the laundry? Yeah. It's like, you're rooting for the, you're rooting for the clothes. Yeah. Why do we like, you're not. And like you, you immediately boo a person for going onto another team. It's the same person. Uh huh. It's just, you're rooting for a piece of clothing. That's all it is. Right. (laughs) And he breaks it down and it's supposed to be funny, but it's like, kind of poignant when well, you no, think about it that's one of his <laughs> that's one of his bits that although it is funny i think it is exceptionally true and it really forces us to take a step back and and, and re-examine our fandom yeah you know it's it's very very true and, and let's face it a lot of seinfeld's bits were just that where they become satirical where they they ask you just take a step back and laugh at yourself right you know so, so that's that's Boy, the God's we need, honest truth. Do we need that? <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Um, People, we really need to be able to laugh at ourselves again. Yeah. Uh, in this cancel culture, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, you know, this this is the this is the 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 point here is that you know these are human beings doing this stuff, right? You know, and you can you know just because you console another person that lost. That does not diminish your victory, right? You know, that's that's an important. You know, I'm sure there's somebody who says, "Well, maybe by not consoling him, you give yourself an advantage the next time you compete with this person." Like that, just just stop. Don't overthink it. Right. Don't don't slice the bologna that thin. Right. You know, as we get back to sandwiches here, mm-hmm. you know, you know, because you know, I took the sun dried tomatoes off. Uh- you know? <laughs> <laughs> now eat them <laughs> and and because of that let us all just say in unison that dancing is forbidden 
So, um, but yeah, I think I think we made three really good points today. You know, we we looked at we looked at where sportsmanship occurs when you know when it's not necessarily the initial reaction, but the secondary or tertiary reaction. We talked about calling off the dogs, and we also talked about um, you know the golden rule and the fraternities that we do have during competition that don't necessarily align with you know, our jerseys and our uniforms. Um, And those are all very important things that, Mm -hmm. that we have to consider when we, when we look at sportsmanship, because it's not as, it's not as cut and dry as some people make it out to be. Right. Um, And, and, and it's also important to note that because sometimes we get a, we get this idea of what sportsmanship should be and it's very rigid and whatnot. And the point here is that it goes much deeper than that. Yep. Because it's not, you know, I think some people have that that notion that sportsmanship is all about uh, there are no winners and losers and everybody gets a participation trophy. And that's not it at all. You know, the, the point that we're making here is that it's more fluid than that. Exactly. You're you know, there are winners and losers and there's going to be emotions. There are going to be, you know, there's going to be happiness and sadness and anger and frustration and disappointment and reactions and this, that, the other. It's more about how you control that, right. how, you, no. how you how you let that flow. Well, that's, you know, winning and losing is built into the game. And that's built into that's, life. That's you know? game. That's gamesmanship. Yeah. Right. So which is another topic in itself that we need to discuss. Right. You know, but but the point is that, you know, uh, the one of the one of the things that you and I talk about, Jack, a lot is in debate. And we've had debates before. But it's not it's not about who wins or loses. It's about what you learn from the other side. Yeah. And together you can grow as a result of debate. It's it's part of the breakthrough right. learning process. You know, yeah. they say that breakthrough learning ends very, very early in life. And mm-hmm. you know, the way to combat that is to say, as we get on in our in our lives, we need to be able to take a step back and re-examine all of those things that we just assumed were true right now that doesn't mean that they're still not true we mm-hmm. can still go through it and be like no i still believe that and i think this is why yeah you know but there's an equal opportunity to say eh, maybe i need to rethink this you know we're not asking people to flip flip opinions here the farther remo- the farther removed more removed i get from college mm-hmm. the more <laughs> the more cynical i get yeah the more uh real i get and the more centered i get in my political views i think that's i think that's a natural reaction for most people yeah you know i think most i think people earn that real life experience and they start to break down and say you know the things that i once thought were true right don't always add up the same way or they could still be true just in a different perception yeah a different way You, you begin to say philosophically maybe i still hold that to be true but practically it's not it's not that simple right you know and i need so, to be able to see the other side of it yeah and it's it's interesting how that yeah. how we evolve as we separate or separate ourselves and and kind of take a step back and look at the forest for the trees right and and see how everything works from the outside looking in right and then like oh okay i can look at it both ways now and you know, make an informed decision based on the research. I've well research, but reading that I've done, and I don't really read, so that sort of yeah. No, you're out you are you are definitely an anomaly. Yeah, you know, yeah, you are. I, uh, I know, I'm very strange. You're like Stan the Lion. Yep. You know, you're Joe, Frank, and Jordan the Rock. Uh huh. Yeah, and and you read Vogue when it comes to the house, right? You know, <laughs> you know, put them all just guard my battlefield earth cups. Okay. <laughs> We're making like so your... many brood witch comments here that. Hey, I like your shirt. Oh, thank you. It says life's full of uh, important choices and it has five different golf clubs on it. I yeah. get it. Those yeah. are tough choices. I was going to try and go out today, but the heavy rain last night was like, there's no course anywhere it just it just rained like it just downpoured here like about an hour ago yeah i was like I was, where did this come from yeah i was just like i i don't think i'm any sorry course... from where did this come right yeah yeah let's get in the game here okay 
I was just like, there's no course that's going to drain that quickly in the middle of November after daylight savings time with no sun out. So Phil, Phil and I were, were playing mass effect last night. Okay. And he called me and he, he plays it on Twitch and I watch it. I hook up the computer to my big screen and we're talking as he's doing it. And we're talking about ending sentences in, in prepositions. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) for you fans out there who listen to the show, this is pretty much it, guys. This yeah, isn't going to get this, this, this isn't going to get much better. No, no. Anyway, so instead of saying, um, "What's up with you?" you you say, or "What's up?" You say, "What is that to which you? What is that up to which you are?" <laughs> anyway, Sean, thank that's, you for your help today. <laughs> I even I draw a so, line there. So so whenever so everyone whenever you see someone that's how you have to address them. What is that up to which you are? You will sound so smart. Oh, and and you'll probably get beaten. <laughs> the score will probably score, final score will be 106 to nothing. So it's exhausting. Hey, it's what really did I win? Free brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> now that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's a great way to end it. Yeah. So <laughs> now eat it. Dancing is forbidden. All right, Sean, thank you. Because now yep. I have to go rethink my life now that you've told me all of that. Yeah. Um, appreciate all the help and hard work that you do as always. So thank of you. Yep, um, thank you. Remind everybody, uh, osafoundation.org. The email address is podcast at osafoundation.org. We're at facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game, and also now on YouTube. We will talk to everybody in December. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, enjoy the, the food Ooh, and the family and whatnot. Day. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, right? Uh, we'll talk to you then. And until then, as long as the score doesn't become 106 to nothing, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org.